We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie, Untuck It and Manscaped. My name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets Here. Uh, Kyle, what's going on, man? Not much. I think we had as a podcast a positive week last week. Uh, it was a tight one. I think was it. It was our first push of the season. Uh, you had a, a push, and again. My biggest downfall was when we bet against each other, you have won both of those. So I really have to learn from that. Yeah, I don't feel great about winning that game, to be honest. (laughs) It was the Andy Isabella 80-yard, you know, whatever-yard touchdown that covered it. But there's no nothing to say that, uh, like, all they needed was for that to cover was any score there, I believe. And there's nothing that says that they wouldn't have just, like, driven down a long drive and scored. So, like, they got there quickly. But I don't feel like I was robbed or anything. I don't feel as bad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always the danger when you bet a big favorite, right? And we have a couple of those this week. And, like, I've been thinking about the Atlanta versus New Orleans game in particular. Like, that game just screams backdoor cover for Atlanta. So we'll get into that when we get to that game. But, um, you know, just always uh, always something to think about when you're betting those favorites. Like, it's never over, even if you're up a touchdown late because anything can happen in the NFL. Um, I will say as far as my results last week, uh, I was, I, I finished two, two and one, but it was an interesting two, two and one. So, you know, I got the, the bucks at six on this podcast. The, the spread obviously closed lower than that. It was like four and a half, I think at kickoff and they ended up losing by six in what I'm kind of considering a bad beat. I mean, 
the Seahawks kicker missed a, a 40-yard field goal to win the game in regulation. And then the only way you don't cover in overtime getting six points is if you lose the coin toss, the other team gets the ball first and then scores a touchdown. And that's exactly what happened. So I also feel like I got a little unlucky, not necessarily unlucky, but just things didn't go my way with the Chicago bet and with Washington. Like both teams were were covering or close to covering uh, down the stretch when the other teams built on their lead on the final drive. So like the Eagles, I think, kicked the field goal with like 25 seconds left to go up by eight points. So that was uh, that was a tough one in particular as well. I felt like this was the first week all year, though, where I really didn't like run particularly well. All right, let's get on to this week. But before we do that, I want to talk about Rotoviz Patreon. Uh, Rotoviz Patreon is rolling as we head towards the fantasy playoffs. Sign up and gain exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Get ready for the playoffs. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. Just go to patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. And speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. Uh, if you haven't already signed up for Rotoviz, and you should sign up for Rotoviz, it's one of the best football sites out there. Just go to the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Get ready for that playoff push. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So you get the amazing value of a Rotoviz subscription at a 10% discount, and you support the podcast network. Once again, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Okay, we have the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night. Uh, Everybody kind of thinks the Chargers are back now, Kyle. They've won two in a row. They are now favored by a point and a half on the road against the Oakland Raiders. We have a 49 and a half point total. So Kyle, do you believe in the Chargers? Will they get the job done this week and continue to uh, maybe make a backdoor run towards the playoffs. So I thought this was kind of funny and it mostly stemmed from me playing Philip Rivers and DFS, but uh, they were within the 25 six times and came away with two Melvin Gordon scores. And I think someone optimistic would say that uh, like things could have gone even better for the Chargers than they could have. But I also think that is just so uh, typical of the Chargers making just account like un- uncountable amount of minus EV moves throughout a game. And like, I-, I just like can't imagine betting on a team that is like running so backwards right now, especially with like how much work they're giving Melvin Gordon relative to Austin Eckler, uh, like how timid they were last week against like a team they weren't favored against. Like, I think you generally to beat better teams, you have to be making these, like, I don't even want to say high variance, just like the, these optimal moves. And they didn't do any of that. They still ended up beating green Bay, obviously, but, uh, and on top of that, Oakland, wildly surprising to me. I was curious as to like just how good their offense had been. Cause I was like, eh, they're probably just like running a little hot or something. Right now they are averaging 6.2 yards per play. I believe that's like third in the NFL. Uh, they've been very surprising to me. And I think at this point I'm probably ready to back them, especially at home as under, that just seems crazy to me. Chargers, like, I don't know. It seems very recency bias based on the chargers, like two games. 100% agree. Like the Chargers, if this game was played last week, the Raiders would be favored by a field goal or something like that. But because the Chargers won against Green Bay, who played easily their worst game of the season, 
uh, on the road, you know, on the West Coast. Like, now everybody is convinced that the Chargers are good again. So I haven't seen enough to do it. I, I think the Raiders are the correct side. They have a great rushing attack, uh, which matters against Los Angeles. Like, the Chargers are missing a couple of guys on their front seven, particularly their def- defensive tackles. So uh, I think that Jacobs could be looking at a big day. And Derek Carr, it's just been a tremendous year for him. Like, he's not putting up the gaudy statistics like we saw from him in that year where he was like a, a dark horse MVP candidate, but his efficiency numbers are just excellent. So I'm in on the Raiders. I think that this is a pretty nice spot to sort of fade the public. Uh, not to mention underdogs on Thursday night have crushed this year. A year after basically every favorite covered on Thursday night football this year, I think underdogs are six and two so far. So, all right, Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, another interesting game here. We have the Bills, who are at six and two. They are heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns, who are two and six. Uh, but the Browns are favored by two and a half points, and the total on this game sits at forty. So, the public, unsurprisingly, is backing the Bills. Uh, Kyle, do you feel the same way? Is this a spot where you should just take the superior team getting points, or do we like Cleveland? Yeah, this is uh, this line actually surprised me just based on like how publicly dysfunctional the Browns seem, uh, despite that still favored at home. Uh, and the Bills are sort of the opposite, where outwardly they seem like a really good team, but I think digging a little deeper, like they've had a lot of close games that they uh, like. Like what the what was their Miami game? That was like particularly one that's like felt emblematic of how good they are as a team. Like sure, they're good enough to beat worse teams. But uh, I think the Bills are kind of just a fraudulent 6-2 and two team. And the Browns, maybe not, like, they're, they're probably not a good team. Like, I think it's it's time to kill up the ghost at that point. But at home, I think I'll take them against the Bills. And I do think they also match up against the Bills well, being able to generate, I think, the, like, top eight in sacks on the season. And then uh, Josh Allen on the opposite end is taking, like, generally one of the higher sack totals on the season. I think it's, like, top 10 of 21. So I think they match up well being able to force turnovers through sacks on Josh Allen. I'll take the Browns, but not not in my, my bookie pick five. I'm not awfully confident, and I can understand how this might just be clouded by Browns bias. No, I agree. The Browns, I mean, the Browns are the better team, right? Like, I maybe not the better team, but throw throw the, the records out the window and just evaluate the talent, and the Browns are the clear better team. Like, yes, they've been dysfunctional this year, and yes, Buffalo has been okay, but Buffalo hasn't played anybody. You know, like, they played the Pats tough, but that game was in Buffalo. Uh, Other than that, like, where's the impressive win on their schedule? They beat the Jets. They beat the Giants. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Titans. They beat the Dolphins. And they beat the Redskins. That's incredible. That is not, you know, like... If you and I fielded a team out of, like, Labs and Rotoviz guys, uh, like, went 7-on-7, we would at least have a chance to win one of those. (laughs) I don't know about that, but we might. <laughs> we might. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think that this is a good spot to back Cleveland. And the one thing that you can sort of look at here that I'm taking as a positive is when Cleveland has been at their best this year, which we haven't seen often, but it's been because they couldn't establish the running game, right? Like Nick Chubb, and now they're even getting Carlos Hyde back. We'll see how much of a factor he is, but... They did say he would have a role this week. So uh, Buffalo, in terms of rush defense DVOA, 30th in the league. So I like the idea of Cleveland sort of, you know, going with like a run-heavy game script here. I think they'll move the ball against Buffalo, and 
I just don't trust Buffalo to cover against a team that's that's somewhat competent. All right, Arizona Cardinals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa, we, we talked about them already. Tough loss last week in overtime, but they are favored by four and a half points this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this game? The total sits at 51 and a half. Yeah, I think uh, this game... One, I, I would feel much like last week. I felt very good about the uh, the Tampa Bay Seattle total. I still feel good about the total in this game. Like the Bucks have had like a defense that's put up well in spots. They've been stout against the run, but like Arizona's not going to run the ball. It news pass, and they're really good at that. Uh, they also, I was actually shocked by this, despite how often they pass. Uh, I think uh, Kyler's thrown like four picks. Like they actually don't turn the ball over as much, which is like. Part of a concern for me on like backing, say, a Bucks over is that they could just stall on offense because they turn the ball over a lot or something. But the Arizona side, I don't think it's going to stall. So I feel like the the over here at 51 and a half, I'd still be buying into. And uh, the Bucks have been pretty bad against the spread. I, I believe they're two and six against the spread. Whereas the Cardinals just keep getting underrated right now. Six and three ATS. Uh, I like the Cardinals spot and I like the over as well. Yeah, I mean, when we said that the Cardinals were going to win double-digit games this year, we were obviously talking about it against the spread. Uh, yeah, no, I think if you check the tapes, that is uh, almost <laughs> certainly what he's... I, I wouldn't recommend checking the tapes, but that's what we said. Yeah, just just trust us. Um, no, I agree. I think that this is a great spot for the Cardinals. So Tampa Bay coming off that crushing defeat, right? Like, lost in overtime, drops them to 2-6 and six on the year, pretty much ends any outside chance they had of playing the playing in the playoffs uh it's also sandwiched in between next week they have to go and play new orleans so i think this is a spot where they could potentially overlook the cardinals uh who have extra time to prepare for this game you know they played on thursday night so this is one of those mini buy situations that i kind of like to target uh and the sharps it seems like they agree this spread has already dropped it opened up at five and a half now it's down to four and a half uh, I think the Cardinals are the correct side here, and they will they will probably be in my five-pack this week. All right, next game. Uh, the New York Giants, favored by two and a half. They are technically on the road, but they will be playing in their home stadium against the New York Jets in the battle of who is the worst team in New York. I will personally be glued to this riveting contest. Uh, the total on this game sits at 43 and a half points. Kyle, any thoughts here, or are we just ignoring this game? I mean, I, I'm legit just ignoring this game. I it's it is very hard for me to decipher which one of these teams. Like, I don't think like like you talked about both these New York teams. I don't think there's really like it's hard for me to say home field advantage matters too much. And maybe you have a different lean on how that would play out. But I, I just don't. Both these teams are so bad. I would say that the Giants are the better team, but I think two and a half is probably roughly the better line. Uh, I think they have better weapons on offense especially i think daniel jones rushing ability like that's one of the few ways that rushing can actually positively <laughs> impact a game and uh, he's a, is a pretty talented rusher so for me i, I think the giants well, honestly i i would be staying away as like far away as possible from this game yeah i mean my thought was that the jets are the better are the the correct side here like just because the giants are so bad defensively but the Jets just laid a huge egg against the Miami Dolphins. Like, as bad as I might think the Giants are, they can't be worse than the Dolphins. And my initial thought process on this game was that Sam Darnold and their offense is going to look better playing against such a bad unit. But 
we haven't seen any signs of life from the Miami defense prior to last week. So they might just be like a really, really bad team uh, that threw everybody off the scent a little bit with that win over the Cowboys. You know, I thought that they were going to get Sam Darnold back and, and at least be competitive, but it doesn't seem like that's the case. So I'm going to pass on this game. I'll tentatively take the Jets, but, you know, I live in New York and I, and I doubt I'm going to watch a second of this game. Atlanta Falcons headed to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints favored by 13, 51 and a half is the total. Uh, Atlanta is coming off the bye. The Saints got Drew Brees back in their last game. So uh, to me, this line seems about right. Uh, I, I kind of talked earlier about that whole backdoor dynamic, but the Falcons have been garbage all year and the Saints are one of the best teams in football. So I'll take New Orleans, but you know, with not a ton of conviction. Yeah, I kind of, um, I don't know if it's just an overreaction to myself losing the uh, the, the backdoor cover on uh, Thursday night this past week. I would take the Falcons, but like you said, I think it's a good line. I do feel this is another spot where I feel pretty confidently about like these high total overs. It kind of is like, reminds me of last season when it was just like very predictable that you would, uh, you would see, I think it was like... Um, uh, Kansas City versus uh, New England, and the same probably with the Rams, where it was just very predictable these lines were going to shoot up and probably still hit the over. Uh, I like that, especially with the Falcons, one, being extremely pass-heavy in recent weeks, and two, just uh, like, like uh, I think this is, is this a uh, Friedmanism, just uh, the core field of uh, fantasy football? Just scoring just tends to happen so much in the Superdome that I like the over in this game. I think the line of 13 is probably pretty correct. Yeah, Friedman claims he invented that, but uh, you know, I I don't think anybody's fact checked him on that. I'm sure somebody said it prior to him, but uh, I will, you know, we'll give him some props there. All right, before we move on, let's just take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Untuck It and Manscaped. Have you ever seen an untucked button down? They look awful. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. Uh, seriously, I love these shirts. I go out uh, you know, to bars occasionally, and when I do, I want to look sharp. You know, I want to dress up. I want to put on a nice collared shirt, but I don't want to tuck it in and up until Untuck It, that was always a problem for me. If you wear just a regular button-down collared shirt and you don't tuck it in, it's too long. Untuck It is perfect if you're looking to dress up, but keep that casual look. And the best part about Untuck It, they have more than 50 fit combinations. They look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, guys of all builds and ages. I mean, shopping for shirts is not easy for me. I'm a pretty big dude, but I can go online and have one designed to fit me perfectly. You could choose your material. You could choose your own color options. And if you don't like to shop online, check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, never look bulgy, too long or too big again. Their website is easy to use. They have a whole page devoted just to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's UntuckIt.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. Support for Laying the Points also comes from Manscaped. 
who is number one in men's below the belt grooming, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen guys, let's get real, all right? It's 2019, women have come to expect a certain level of grooming from us. No longer can we just walk around like cavemen and expect it to be okay. We need to take care of ourselves in every spot. And grooming your sensitive areas is, well, let's just say it's difficult. Trust me on this one, there is absolutely nothing worse than nicking yourself downstairs with a traditional trimmer. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past, and don't use the same trimmer on your face that you're using on your balls. That's pretty disgusting. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. We already put deodorant on our armpits. Why are we not doing the same thing for the smelliest and occasionally sweatiest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping right now with code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Remember, you always need the right tools for the job, you know? You wouldn't be going out to plow the fields with a pair of scissors. So treat your body the same way. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. No line currently at my bookie, but I have seen uh, some spreads out there around four points, you know, favoring the Chiefs. Uh, still waiting to get a confirmed status on Patrick Mahomes, but I did see that he practiced in full today. So I would say that it's likely that Mahomes is back for the Chiefs. And I think that that makes this a pretty good spot for them. I mean, the Chiefs offense has looked solid without Mahomes, and now you add him back in. I think that maybe we're just kind of forgetting how good that that dude is. You know, like, I could certainly see a game where Kansas City gets a lead, and I just do not trust Tennessee to be the type of team that can come back when they're in a deficit. So I think there's some value if this line does show up as Kansas City minus four. Yeah, I actually... um I would like to work out a a fifth pick where if this game, if Patrick Holmes does play, I put Kansas City minus four in my my pick five because I completely agree that I do think this line just undervalues how dominant Kansas City's offense is. And also, I think it kind of undervalues how bad Ryan Tannehill is. Like, he's been hot in three starts, but, like, he's a career, like, high turnover guy, a 2.6% turnover guy, has taken a lot of sacks. I want to say he takes, like, 2.8 sacks a game, and that's something that the Chiefs over the past – year and a half have actually done pretty well. They just got Chris Jones back as well, who uh, like had a sack back, had a sack in his first game back. So for me, I think uh, just like all the times that you can fade Ryan Tannehill and then buy Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'll be doing that minus four, hundred percent. I agree with most of what you just said, uh, except for the part. <laughs> you are, you are the resident Ryan Tannehill truther. I, I apologize. Love him. <laughs> all right. Next game, Baltimore Ravens minus 10 at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Cincinnati only lost by six the first time these two teams played, and that was in Baltimore. Now, granted, they did have a special teams touchdown in that game. It wasn't like, uh, you know, Baltimore clearly like dominated them in terms of the yardage battle. They beat them 497 to 250 in the yardage battle, but 
I still think that this is a good spot for the Bengals to cover again against this team. So Baltimore coming off of like a huge win. One of the biggest wins we've seen all season against the Patriots. Next week, they play against the Texans. I think that this is a classic letdown spot combined with a classic look ahead spot. So I think the Bengals don't have to, you know, do a ton here. I don't think the Ravens are bringing their best game to this party. So I think that Cincinnati can hang in there and cover 10 points. Dude, I'm such a fish. I want to bet Baltimore so badly here. I'm not going to because I do agree, like, mathematically with everything you said. Everything you said. One, uh, large favorites, especially large favorites on the road. It just seems like a, like a bad process to bet these large, probably, I would imagine, public favorites. So I'm totally not betting this one, but just watching what Baltimore did and also watching how incredibly efficient their offenses run, I guess if you want to take a more analytical spin on it, is that, uh, like, We've seen Lamar Jackson basically revolutionize quarterback rushing. I think he's on pace for a thousand yards and it's all like positive expected points plays as opposed to like your typical running back rushes. So for me, I, I want to buy the Baltimore Ravens offense, but uh, I will pass on this game just because I, I think there's an entertainment factor that I'm buying into. All right. Detroit lions headed to Chicago to take on the bears. Bears are favored by two and a half points, and the total sits at four and a uh, forty-one and a half. So, to me, this game actually mirrors the the Buffalo versus Cleveland game pretty well. Like, I mean, it's the same spread in terms of the home team being favored by less than a field goal, and we have the same sort of public perception where the public is is on the Lions, and that makes them a public dog. So. For the same, a lot of the same reasons I back Cleveland, I'm going to back Chicago in the same spot. Uh, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to get behind Trubisky as probably like one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. Uh, what was it last week in the first half? He averaged 2.3 inches per pass attempt. <laughs> yeah, I think he had like nine yards at halftime. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, it's hard for me to bet that, but I think there is some sort of vividness bias with a player just performing so, so poorly. So I would probably fade this game, but if I had to take a take a stance on it, I think I'd be going Lions. Uh, given the given the points here, I just it's hard for me to back this Bears offense looking as poor as they look right now. Yeah, I mean Detroit's an interesting team, right? Because I thought they were okay to start the season, but you know, like their their quality of play, I think, has declined. Like they just lost to the Raiders. Um, they got blown out by the Vikings. They really struggled defensively against the Giants. So, like, this defense is not is clearly not as good as we thought. So I'm hoping that maybe that can be the the uh, elixir that Mix Chubisky kind of needs. And, man, like, is there a team that wishes they had, the, had a do-over more than the Chicago Bears? Like, you take Trubisky out and you add in Patrick Mahomes or, or Deshaun Watson— like, man, instant Super Bowl contender. But that's life. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sorry to anyone from Chicago who likes the Bears and, and happens to be listening to this podcast because I feel your pain. I mean, at least you have something. As a Jets fan, I have nothing. All right, let's go uh, to the 4 o'clock games. We've got Miami coming off their first win of the season. They head to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts are favored by 10 points, and we have a 44-point total. Kyle, thoughts on this game? Can the Dolphins have another strong showing? Yeah, they're actually uh, four and four against the spread this season. I believe most of those have come in recent games, including their first win against the Jets. Um, it, like minus ten, 
is not like the largest spread they've seen recently, but I actually would uh, consider taking them there. I just think uh, it's sort of now it's the it's the uh, reverse of what we saw earlier in the season where we didn't understand how bad they were. They played better football as of late. And uh, the Colts will be at least with uh, ailing Jacoby Brissett right now. It looks like he's going to be playing, I would imagine. Um, but my get, like, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to bet on Jacoby Brissett coming off an MRI sprain or coming off an MCL sprain, excuse me, uh, when the Dolphins have actually looked good as of late. I'm not too confident in that, though. Yeah, I wish Brissett was at full strength. Like, if I knew that he was completely healthy, I'd have no problem laying 10 with the Colts. Like, the Colts have been pretty good this year. Uh, they weren't as good with Brian Hoyer under center, but they still played okay. Like, if I knew I had Brissett at full strength, I would be fine with laying the 10. Like, Miami won their one game for the year. Now they're just going to crawl into a hole and die. So, <laughs> I think that the Colts are fine. And the fact that, like, the public is kind of on Miami now scares the hell out of me. Like, 60% of the tickets and, and 66% of the money... Coming in on the Dolphins, who the public literally wanted nothing to do with prior to, you know, the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think that this might be a good time to to sell the Dolphins coming off of a win. I, that's kind of how I feel here. All right, Carolina Panthers. They are headed to Green Bay to take on the Packers, favored by five and a half points. 47 is the total. I mentioned uh, when we were talking about the Chargers that I thought that was the worst game that the Packers have played all season. So you know that means I'm ready to buy low on them. I love Aaron Rodgers at home. I love Aaron Rodgers particularly as a home favorite. So I think that this is a great spot to buy back in on the Green Bay Packers. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I mean, it might just be like, uh, I don't know, maybe it's under analysis, but there are just like the like... The NFL is a highly variant game, and I think what we saw last week will be an out. Like we'll look back as an outlier, much in the way that like Dallas versus the Jets. Like the Jets just aren't like aren't a better team than Dallas, especially not by the score uh, indicates. I think the same can just reasonably be said for what we saw from the Packers, and for that reason, I also want to buy low on them. So I think this is an interesting game. We have the Rams; they're favored by three and a half on the road against Pittsburgh. Uh, the total here is 44 points. So I think that this might be like a, a trappy spot. Uh, the sharp seem to be on Pittsburgh, but Sean McVay coming off of a bye, I kind of think that, that the Rams are going to be a good team in that situation. I respect McVay a lot as a coach, and I think that he should have this team. You know, whatever deficiencies we saw from them, uh, prior to the buy, I think that he will have done a good job trying to plug those holes. So I'm kind of in on the Rams, but again, I, I do think that this might be a little bit of a trappy line. Yeah, see, I just think the way that Pittsburgh, like this very like low A dot timid offense under Mason Rudolph is like hard to sustain like a successful offense with. So for me, I think I would bet heavily against that, especially with the Rams offense being like what we know the Rams offense is. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be able to keep up with that. But I do think that uh, a three and a half point spread is fair. I'll probably stay away from this one if I had to bet. Like I, like you said, I think Sean McVay with the time to prepare against like a, a young quarterback who really hasn't shown the ability to like, push the ball down the field. He seems like a very one dimensional player. Uh, I think being able to prepare for that will like do do the Rams good. So I take the Rams here, but it's not one I'm awfully confident in. Yeah, as you know, I've been logging pass plays. I started doing that this week as like a little bit of a side hustle. And going through the Steelers' pass plays with Rudolph, 
like it was just like check down, check down, check down. I don't I can't remember more than like five throws where he threw the ball past the first down marker. You know, like that's why Jalen Samuels had 13 catches last week. So uh, I agree, like going to be tough to to get that offense to work long term once teams kind of figure out that's all you're capable of doing. All right, let's talk about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? I swear my dad did this on Monday night. I was watching uh, the Giants-Cowboys game with him, and he's a big Giants fan, and he just knew. He goes, the Giants are going to lose this game 37-24 to was what he said. And he ended up getting Cowboys 37. Giants had like 18, I want to say, or 19, something like that. So my dad could do that, and I got to get my dad over to my bookie because that's the place where you need to be if you have that football knowledge. They let you turn that all into cash. Between football season, NBA, college basketball season just started, now's the time to get off the sideline and get into the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, Try a parlay. For instance, if you take a couple of those big favorites this week, you know, if you take uh, New Orleans and you take uh, maybe the Rams on the road and the Baltimore Ravens, parlay them all together. And if they win, you're going to multiply your winnings. You don't have to worry about that pesky backdoor cover. So that's an interesting way to bet with the parlays. If you are going to bet this season, make sure to do the smart thing and head over to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit 2 k you're going to get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code ROTOVIZ to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie. All right, Sunday Night Football. Minnesota Vikings at the Dallas Cowboys, 48 is the total. So Minnesota has looked much better recently. I mean, they're letting Kirk Cousins sort of air the ball out a little bit. I think his passer rating over the past month or so is like 140, something crazy like that. So can they keep it going? Can they go into uh, Jerry's world and beat the Cowboys in their home stadium? What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I would. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think so i think the loss of adam Thielen is actually like you know we talk about a lot of like losses of players that are just hard to actually quantify but i do think that is uh difficult because it gives the the cowboys basically two offensive weapons to focus on dalvin cook and he's a running match that hardly matters and then stefan Diggs. so it's kind of easy to like predict this offense and uh the Cowboys have just been such an incredible offense. Dak prescott is 8.7 yards per attempt throwing touchdowns at a 5.5 percent rate like he's been just wildly efficient under this new offense they're running. I I kind of think the Cowboys would be my pick here. I agree. I think the Cowboys are the better team. And if you look at this line, it's saying that these two teams are even on a neutral field. And I don't agree with that. So, um, you know, I know Minnesota has looked better, but let's see how they look for for real against a real opponent. Um, you know, Dallas has a strong defense. They've been pretty good at taking away the running game. So, Let's see how Kirk Cousins looks in a game where he has to drop back and throw the ball a bunch of times. All right, Monday Night Football, last game of the week. Seattle Seahawks are going into San Fran, taking on the 49ers. San Francisco is favored by six points, and the total sits at 46 and a half. 
I'm not sure what to make of this game. My my initial lean is that this is this spread is a little bit disrespectful towards San Francisco. Like they've they've been so dominant all year, and it seems like nobody's really willing to to consider them. You know, like an elite team. If you look at the betting numbers, sixty five percent of the bets right now are coming in on Seattle getting the six points. So it just seems like San Francisco doesn't get the same elite respect that other teams like the Patriots and the Chiefs do. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts here? Like, do you think that this line is fair? Uh, you know, what are your general, what are your general leans on this game? Yeah, I kind of had, uh, I don't want to say an opposite approach. I just, I, I see a team in San Francisco that's largely been fueled by having an incredible defense, which i like, absolutely necessary or at least close to necessary for having a successful team but it's it's hard for me to think that russell wilson can actually get stopped by basically any defense and on the flip side uh the san francisco offense has been like roughly middle of the road yards per play their 14th in the nfl at 5.8 uh because they insist on running so much although it's been easier for them to do that when they have so many leads uh, in my opinion i would take Seattle, just for the sole fact that I think Russell Wilson is matchup proof, and San Francisco has gotten a lot of a lot of juice out of their defense this season. I think that's something that will stop a lot of quarterbacks, but wouldn't stop Russell Wilson. That's the only the only way I would like rationale Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of saying last week that Seattle was overvalued, and nothing that I saw in that game against the Bucks really changed my mind. You know, defensively, this team is is not very good anymore, and I, I think we all expected their offense to light up Tampa Bay, who's one of the worst defensive teams in the league. So, this is a huge step up in weight class for them. I mean, if you look, Seattle is seven and two, but their seven wins are Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Cleveland, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and they beat the Rams by one at home. Uh, the only, you know, the two teams they've played that are like good quality teams are New Orleans and Baltimore, and they lost both of those games, both of them at home. So I still think Seattle is overvalued. The more I think about it, the more I kind of uh, am talking myself into San Francisco minus six, which, you know, I love to bet uh, on underdogs and, you know, I love Russell Wilson. So that should say something that I, I feel pretty strongly about San Francisco. Yeah, I think the the total being, I don't want to say it's low because 46 and a half isn't a low total, uh, but we saw like Seattle, I, like like I said, I think Russell Wilson essentially matchup proof. I think they're eighth in yards per play. Uh, and then, you know, as I said, San Francisco's offense hasn't been electric, but Seattle's defense, like you can't really understate how bad they've been. They're 29th right now in yards per play allowed at 6.2. They are at the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, what their defense has been able to do to opponents. And the San Francisco offense is, is really flashy. I think uh, that sort of yards per play does undersell their offense a little bit just because it's been so easy for them to let up. I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, both based on Russell Wilson being matchup proof and Seattle's defense being just atrocious. All right, let's get into our My Five presented by my bookie. Uh, last week I was 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Kyle was 3-2. and two. Uh, My record now is 23-16-1 overall. And Kyle is back to 500 at 20 and 20. So I feel like you've been right around 500 all season. Now's the time for you to uh, to hit the hit the gas pedal and get that bad boy up over the 500 mark. Uh, I will do that, starting with Cleveland minus two and a half, then Arizona with the points at four and a half, 
I think both of those are the same for us. I have the Raiders uh, plus a point and a half. And then uh, let's see, I have, I'm doing it again. And it's certainly going to be one of my losses this week. I just, I feel strongly about betting against Mitchell Trubisky. I'm taking Detroit with the points. Uh, and, and I expect a lot of scoring from Seattle, San Francisco. I'm going over on the 46 and a half. Are we allowed to, can, can I option select this where if, uh, if, Patrick Mahomes plays. I just take, I'll take whatever line uh, they give Kansas City instead of Seattle, San Francisco. Yeah, I'll give you a little if bet on that. So if if uh, Mahomes is in, you're going to take Kansas City as opposed to the over on the Monday night game. That's fine. correct. All right, my five this week. Uh, we have two of the same games. I am also on Cleveland minus two and a half, and I am also on Arizona plus four and a half. Uh, as you mentioned, we are going to be going head to head once again. I'm on Chicago minus two and a half. Uh, you know, I, I for all the reasons I outlined above, I think that this is just a good betting situation, um, and that's kind of how I look at games. I look at betting situations more than I look at matchups, and I, I don't know, it's worked out for me, so I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, I love the for the same reasons. I'm going back to the well with Cincinnati plus ten. And I am going to be on Rodgers and Green Bay minus five and a half. Uh, I also really like San Francisco the more that I talk about that game and think about that game. So they can be like a bonus sixth pick. I won't put that towards my record. But uh, if you're looking for another play out there, you know, you're chasing your losses or trying to double your wins on Monday night, keep San Francisco in mind. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points. For Kyle, who you can find on Twitter, at KyleTweetsHere, I'm Matt LaMarca, at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in.